This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, we're back with Sean Martin. This is part two of our uh, Corn Ferry Breakdown, brought to you by TD Ameritrade. We're doing stock up, stock down on uh, the top 25 uh, Corn Ferry graduates. So there's a list of 50 guys that will be uh, entering the PGA Tour in 2019-20, uh, which the season starts next week, which is insane. But uh, we're just doing the top 25. We purposefully ended last episode on Victor Hovland, or the guy before Victor Hovland. So I want to talk uh, Victor Hovland, who finished 13th on the Corn Ferry. Give me the thing that Chip and I have been talking about, Sean, is you got to pick a guy going forward, Morikawa, Hovland, or Wolf. Who are you taking? Uh, this is definitely recency bias because I've been on – I've been accused of being on all three bandwagons at once. Uh, uh, you you, you I are. Th- <laughs> I think Hovland because – I know. So – Wolf has like the raw power, and if he does the DJ thing where like he refines his wedge game, like he could be DJ dominant. Um, Morikawa has this amazing iron play, but I'm not quite sure it hits it as far as some of the elite players. Um, but then Hovland is like a combination of the two, like, doesn't drive it quite as far as Wolf, but drives it like I mean, he would have been second on two and strokes gained off the tee because he drives it basically super straight and pretty far and then he hits his irons almost as good as Morikawa and so you know everyone thinks those guys won and he didn't but like his worst finish I think in his last six professional starts is 16th like he finished fourth at the Wyndham finished second on the Corn Ferry uh I tweeted he has since he turned pro he has uh more rounds of 64 than he does over par like it's just it's insane um it's so I I'm it's probably recency bias and I'm probably gonna look foolish, but I think Hovland. Did you see the uh, the thing on the athletic about his strokes gained off the tee? Uh, yeah, that's a dumb question. Of course I did. <laughs> Huge did you, athletic big fan. Did you did you ghostwrite it? No, but the guy who writes the athletic, Brandon Quinn, is a, a great guy. Uh, he just started doing the golf beat this year. He also covers Michigan, Michigan State hoops and and football. Uh, but he f- always finds really interesting stories and does them in a different way. And I, I don't. I'm not going to get like a cut of this, but uh, there's definitely good golf coverage at the Athletic. If yeah, you're not a subscriber, he's great. We, I've hung out with him a little bit at majors, and uh, he really is a good dude. And and just super interested in like interesting things, which I'm always. I don't know. That always that always kind of winds me up. I, I get I get excited about that, but. Um, the Hovland thing is like he's he's the, he might be the second best driver in the world. Like it's it might be him and Rory. Yeah, he might be better than Rory. Uh, the big question it's is it's crazy. How much is Norway going to win the twenty eighteen World Cup or twenty twenty World Cup by? Yeah, I know, I know. I've never been so excited for the Norwegian World Cup team. <laughs> I mean, no one else stands a chance. I mean, okay, so 
so he finished he finished 13 i i mean i i think it's hard because you start looking at the the owgr stuff from just the events that him and wolf and morikawa play and it's like are are they they, like the question is not are they top 50 guys it's like are they top like 25 guys like what's what's the like if if we're sitting here this time next year where, where do you think victor hovland is ranked in the world uh, I mean, he's already 111th. Uh, I'm gonna say, so like I'm gonna say just, two of them are gonna finish in the top 50. I mean, 30th is, is it seems high. I guess. I mean, is he is 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 he gonna be on the on the Ryder Cup team? I mean, he has to be. I, I would. <laughs> he I think. has to be. <laughs> The problem. The problem is, it's going to come down to like, and obviously we're projecting because that's what we do. But uh, it's going to come down to something like, unless he wins like three times or something just stupid, it'll come down to like him and Stenson or him and Poulter. And you're like, okay, well that's you know they're they're going to take the other guys. But it would be really cool to see him on that team. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I it'll be very interesting because. I mean, obviously, media people in golf, especially, are have a tendency to get super overexcited about prospects and just like make these crazy bonkers uh, predictions. But also, we are seeing more and more guys succeed at a young age. So it's like you don't want to be like too standoffish and be like, "Well, I've seen this all before. I remember this guy who didn't pan well, out." But at the yeah, same time, but it's happened on the PG. It's it's not like we're taking like college results and applying them to the to majors. It's happened at majors. Right. He was the low AM at the U.S. Open, at the Masters. Like, gosh, he he did finish twelfth at the U.S. Open. Yes, yeah, I know, it's insane. And you were doing this thing all year, and I talked about this the other day. You were doing this thing all year in in during the college season, where it's like, yes, Wolf, but also look at look at Hovland's numbers. They were the exact his scoring, like his scoring average, his rounds in the sixties per start like all this stuff it was they were the exact same numbers like you you if you just put player a and player b up there you wouldn't have known who was who yeah i am the the one thing that so they did play a lot of the birdie fest events over the summer where courses are a little bit softer scores are super low so like all those like rounds of the 60s stats kind of get thrown out because they're no i'm talking about in college when that when him and oklahoma state and and you were doing all the the numbers there and it's like Wolf's awesome, and that's who everybody's talking about because he's like the guy, and like he's fun, and you know, like this huge personality. But Hovland's kind of awesome too. I mean that yeah. that that seventeen eighteen OSU team. And we can talk about Christopher Ventura here. But we can talk about him right now. So this is a stupid question: Was was he in the starting five in the NCAA championship? Yeah. So it was uh, it was Hovland, Wolf, uh, Zach Boshu. Austin Ekro was a freshman and Ventura was a senior. He was the only senior okay. on that team. Okay. Um, so he finished 14th on the corn ferry. He won. Did he win? Tw- I think he won twice. Did he win once yeah, so or here's, twice? So uh, he had his appendix taken out before Q school finals. So he played poorly at Q school finals, which I think is a valid excuse. I haven't seen the doctor's note, but I'll take his word for it. Uh, <laughs> So for people who always are like, oh, it's too hard to get on the PJ Tour, he made one Corn Ferry start before June, yeah. missed the cut in that one, and then finished like – oh, and then the best one, I read this on a rival Oklahoma State blog. I'm not going to name it oh my uh, gosh. Out, of, out of respect for pistols. Um, 
so you know there's the rule on the tour it's the top 10 where if you finish the top 10 you get the next week's event uh, on the corn ferry it's top 25 but you have to declare like within 30 minutes of signing your scorecard that you do want to play in next week's event like obviously you would think it'd be pretty obvious like duh i want to play but he didn't tell anyone so he didn't get into the following week's event uh but then he got in like two weeks later and won the thing and then yeah he had two wins and two third place finishes in 11 starts it's it's crazy that team was i don't know I, i'm i'm fascinated to see how that team looks uh 10 years from now what what um you got any anything else on Hovland before we move on? No, I, uh, I was hoping he was going to win Wyndham because he would have won on the tour while still the reigning U.S. Amateur Champion. That's just a cool nugget. Did Tiger Tiger did that? Didn't he? Tiger won the Masters by twelve when he was the reigning Amateur Champion. Uh, yeah, because he <laughs> wanted he wanted in. In, uh, he won. He won the AM in '96, and then he won the Masters in April '97. Well, but he won. He won like two months after winning the AM, right? Yeah. So he pull, We call that pulling a Matthew Wolf now. <laughs> Wait, two months after Matthew Wolf didn't win the US Amateur. Oh, he won the NCAA's after turning pro in your like fifth pro start or whatever. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Uh, okay, Brendan Todd, number fifteen, veteran. <sighs> cool. Great story. Uh, I mean, he hit like rock bottom. I mean, he, this is a guy in 2014, he won the, the Nelson. Uh, yeah, I was there. And then Thrilling he finish. played really, <laughs> uh, was, I don't remember the details, I'll be honest. No, uh, but in 2014, he played really well in the Marty Keimer US Open, like finished, I think, 14th, played in the final group with him on Saturday, shot a so big he number. Was like 22 and, back? Or... <laughs> he was in the final group on Saturday. I, mean, I remember 2014 like he was being bandied about as like a possible captain's pick for the Ryder yeah. Cup oh, I remember so he made the tour championship that year finished 46th in the FedEx Cup the next year and then uh, in the next five years made five cuts he had a year where he made four cuts and 25 starts uh, and then this but then has slowly gotten back he was Monday qualifying for events this year uh and I mean, he was like, he couldn't keep it on the planet. Like he was hitting it horribly, but it slowly like worked his way back and got his tour card back. So I don't know like how this portends. He's coming off some really bad years, but it's a cool story nonetheless. Yeah. I think that's the hardest thing. I mean, I, thing. I just look at like the, the smiley Kaufman deal and you're like, I mean, I don't even know like what, what's your, like what's going through your mind. I mean, I know what's going through your mind, but like, how do you, what do you do with all that? You know, like it's just he, he played the last group of the Speedmasters. Yeah, I know. He shot like an eighty-two, but uh, eighty-one. Whatever. But he had three good rounds. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. But like, I just I think that's I think that is maybe the most impressive thing is to lose it and then get it all back. And and I'm not saying that like Brendan Todd's gonna be a top fifty player, but. It's just so it's so hard mentally to to do that. Um, Henrik Norlander, uh, number sixteen, stock up, stock down. How old is Henrik Norlander? He's like thirty six, isn't he? No, he played in college with Reed. Oh, he looks older. <laughs> just, I don't know what to do with that. Uh, had like limited success on tour. He lost in a playoff uh, 
the famous Mackenzie Hughes RSM Classic playoff where it was like sure. five guys ha- had to return on Monday. Uh, Who could forget? Wouldn't Blaine Barber in that? <laughs> he was, which, I mean, and Blaine was like the, he was the heartbreaking case of this Corn Ferry Tour Championship. Uh, didn't have a very good year. Uh, snuck into the top 75 late and then was having a great tour championship to get into the top uh, projected top 25 and bogey three of his last five holes to miss it by, I think, a shot. Yeah, that, that's uh, that that's the Ed Lore. That's like the playoff Ed Lore thing. Uh, I asked Blaine about – I've asked him if he thinks about that putt, and he's like – because he had a putt at the RSM to win it in the playoff, and he missed it. Uh, or to extend the playoff. And he's like, he just said, yeah, like, you just, you can't, like, guys are like, no, you know, I'm over it, whatever. And, you know, I moved on. But their they're sports psychologists psychologist tell them to say that. But he's like, yeah, like, when things aren't going well, like, it's hard not to think about, like, if I had just made that one putt, like, I'd still be on tour. I would have played the Masters, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, he's won it. Is... He's almost won a couple. I think he finished third at the Honda when JT won. Like, he's contended a couple times. He's on a walk-up team. But, yeah, I mean, the, the margins are so slim. If he makes that putt, career is totally different. It's crazy. Uh, okay, we got number 17, Bo Hostler. I mean, stock way up. Like, I, I think he's I think he's. Yeah, really I think it's good. A little, I think that's buying the stock cheap right now. Yeah. Uh, I think he's really good, rolls it well. Another Texas guy uh, just had an off year, which happens. And I mean, he's a guy that you could definitely see winning this year. Yeah, for sure. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Uh, ZB, 18, back on tour. Pretty cool. Famous golf course architect earns his card. Uh, oh, my gosh. It's a joke. I mean, I've made that joke to him. He gets it. But, uh, yeah, I think Zach Blair's just fun. Like, he's what we wish all guys did with social media. Like, and you really can't once you reach a certain level of, like, the world. You can't, like, just spend that much time engaging with people. But, like... I mean, he's, he still does, like, what people wish athletes had done with social media when it came out of, like, just letting you into your li- lives and, like, seeing what it's like and all that. And so it's fun to have him back on tour. Um, I, think it's, I think it's crazy just, like, and I think people don't truly understand the difference in terms of, like, advantage off the tee that somebody like Rory or even Hovland or DJ or whoever has over somebody like ZB. Yeah. Like, it's it's crazy. It's crazy that the, they're like playing the same, not the same sport. Cause obviously he's very skilled, but just it, it, it's like not even the same game. It's, it's weird. It's like a different thing altogether. And so I just think it's, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's impressive just to, to keep grinding that out and to keep showing up and, and get back on the tour. He's a guy like CT pan who, uh, there's only so many courses probably that he can win at. Yeah. So like for CT Pan to win at Heritage was huge because that's probably <laughs> one of the five like one of the five weeks that he can win. Yeah. Because it, there's no distance advantage. And so same thing like Zach, uh early sleeper pick, put him in your, your DFS Sony. or whatever you play with. Sony. Yeah. Uh there's a great clip of him like hitting this three wood into the last oh, and he just I, Yeah. 
<laughs> what did he say? Like, oh, baby, it's so good. That's so good or something like that. Uh, uh, said, oh, what did he say? I remember I was watching that and I was like, what did he just say? And then and then I watched it like a hundred times in a row because it was so it was, awesome. It was one of the early like sauce moves. I feel I like I think he said uh, I think he said, oh, my God, that's so good. Yeah. And he twirled. Like yeah, he was like running up the 18th at at, uh, at Sony. Uh, okay, 19. Let's see, we got Ben Taylor at 19. I don't know much about him. Uh, to be <laughs> if I'm gonna be honest here, <laughs> uh, we stock up to everyone, so maybe I'm gonna stock down him. I've heard no, uh, very. We didn't, we didn't stock up everybody. There's been a lot of stock ups. We've well, been very. We, we, uh, we like hedged on Zen Jung Zhang. This is like the YMCA Little League where, like, everyone gets a trophy. <laughs> no, no. We're talking about you, – you said that uh, you said that you think Matthew Neesmith is going to be back on the corn fair. No, who was it? Yeah, just because I was one of those guys who had an okay season but then yeah. wanted the right time. Okay, well, I'll uh, just – how about this? The the next five, we got we got Bo Hogue. Hague? Uh, Bo Hogue. Bo Hogue. We got Honorbon. We got uh, Nelson Ledesma. We got Grayson Murray, Rain Gibson, and Tyler Duncan. That rounds out the top Gosh, twenty-five. We're, we're going deep. Are people still it, listening? Is blink. Well, <laughs> it's a hostage. Blink twice if you're listening. <laughs> is there anybody in there that that uh, that you like that you're excited about? Uh, excited about um, Grayson. I think a very talented player. Uh, obviously, he already he's won on tour. We forget that it was you know an opposite field event. It was the Barbasol, but uh, a pretty talented player. Ryan Labner wrote a great kind of article about him. Obviously, can be a was polarizing on social media. Got himself a little bit of trouble on the Twitter sphere, which, as you know, can hap- happen oh to the best gosh. of us. <laughs> just compare me to Grayson Murray on Twitter. That's good. That's awesome. Uh, I think I think he has all his teeth again. Um, but yeah, I think just a talented player. I went through some injury stuff. I was out for a while. So I think that's a guy who you want to keep an eye on because the talent's there. It's just about kind of maybe stabilizing and getting some consistency. Okay. Well, so last two things I got for you, give me your Maverick McNeely take. He was number, he, he's kind of the one guy that sticks out past 25. Eh, there's a couple guys, Robert Streb. These are guys that, I mean, they're, they're, they're all the way. They're pretty deep on this. So like their status is going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to get starts, but uh, Maverick McNeely 44th on the overall uh, Corn Ferry graduate list. Give me your, give me your Mav take and then give me just what's your favorite story from the, like the, the uh, Corn Ferry final or the playoffs was. Uh, so name drop. I spoke to Maverick McNeely today uh, mm-hmm. for a story I'm working on as a journalist. That's what we do. Uh, but it was actually just a really great interview. Like, I think people probably remember the name. He's gotten a lot of coverage. Just obviously his dad founded Sun Microsystems. His family literally has billions of dollars. Uh, literally has hundreds of millions times more money than I do, like I said in the <laughs> earlier pod. Um, but uh, went to Stanford and, I mean, was like all – I mean, we talk about all these guys who are like all American, all whatever. Like he was like the guy. He was like the number five player at Stanford, like – barely making the starting lineup his freshman year and then sophomore year's player of the year uh in the for the nation uh won the hogan award won the haskins award tied tigers stanford wins record like was all everything and he's only he only spent two years on the corn ferry but kind of like we said earlier like that feels like forever uh yeah. these days because the guys just jump out there and 
and like Matthew Wolf did and Colin Morikawa and um, McNeely just was really open like that. I mean, basically he got kind of the driver yips a little bit. He said there was a week that he was home in Vegas. Uh, he lost 27 balls playing golf because uh, he just was spraying it off the tee. He was skipped a couple events uh, just because he knew like he couldn't play and admitted that like um, he was comparing himself to like other players and just was really down in the dumps about it. But um, started working with Butch Harmon and, and Butch kind of diagnosed him right away, uh, got him fixed up and, and, played well this season he hasn't done a ton on the corn ferry like his best finish is he finished second early in the year but um it was cool just listening to him talk about how he dug himself out of like what was a pretty deep ditch uh so i i it'll be interesting to see what he does he hasn't had a ton of success on the pga tour but also uh he admitted that like when he turned pro he wasn't playing that great so like we always see the college resume and assume it's just going to continue but like every player goes through ebbs and flows. And so like for him, it just happened to like, he wasn't playing very good golf when he turned pro and it just kind of unfortunately carried on. So like all that stuff he'd done in the past, like didn't matter. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. It was a long conversation. I'm looking forward to writing the story, but definitely, uh, uh, it was, a, it was a good talk and I think I'll be interested to see what he does. Yeah, for sure. What was, was, uh, was, Gim, was Doug Gim your favorite story from Corn Ferry? I, it was the coolest shot. Uh, I, the, the story, like the older guys that got through, like Vince Cavello, who I think is 37, Chris Baker is the same age, like guys who have never been on the PGA Tour. Like they've been doing this for 15 years and have never been on the PGA Tour but are still doing it. And finally, like imagine waiting 15 years like to do something and you finally did it. Uh, and like it's one thing for guys who, you know, maybe they win their first event at – at 37 they've been on tour for a while but like again like that we talked about earlier with salary like you've been grinding like barely if making money if you're making money for 15 years like to not give up like you have to probably be a little bit crazy to not give yeah. up but also yeah. it's admirable for all of us who are like you know we're also impatient nowadays in society of like oh like i want to be you know CEO when I'm 30 and you know here's a story about some guy who founded a tech startup and he's a billionaire at 25 and it's like oh I'm 37 what am I doing with my life uh paying my mortgage and like we're all just we hear all these stories that make us all super impatient feeling like we haven't done anything in our lives and like it's cool just to see that if you just keep grinding it won't necessarily work out but like there's a chance that it will and just because it hasn't happened in five years doesn't mean you have to give up so who who was the who was the older player, older player that you were that kind of was emblematic of that that represented that the most for you i mean vince cavello was one he hadn't even won on the both him and baker didn't even they hadn't even won on the corn ferry tour in their pro careers before this season uh and baker the at the corn ferry tour championship it was like he was he had the lead after the first round he was still a contention and then slowly sunday he was like leaking oil uh and then on the last hole, drives into fairway bunker, has to hit it on the green, like leave has like a thirty foot birdie putt, and like most of us would have done, like leaves it five feet short and has to make that to get his tour card after waiting like fifteen years. And you're like, I mean, I wouldn't have even be able to like stand upright, I think, over that putt. <laughs> like, literally, you have a five footer, and like, if you miss, you've bogeyed the last hole to lose your tour card. And if you make it, you like, I mean, I just, I couldn't even fathom what that's like. And of course he made it. And I don't know. It's just awesome to see. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, okay. You've given us a, a ton of time over two episodes, Sean. 
Uh, I appreciate it. Always fun. Uh, good luck with your uh, Norwegian national team at the World Cup next year. Is it next year? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you can, I'd, I'm i not a betting man myself, but I'd definitely, if I was going to put some money on the Golf World Cup of 2020, <laughs> I would definitely. Uh, and the Olympics, probably. I mean, gosh, Nor- Norway might sweep the podium. I don't know who the third guy would be, but. Uh, <laughs> It'll be a banner year for Norwegian golf. Who who do you think? Who well, I'll look it up. Who do you think is? Who's your guess for the third guy in uh, in Norway right now? Uh, the only other Norwegian golfer I can name is Henrik Bjornstad, but he's doing television now. Uh, so it's probably not him. Uh, let's see here. I got Iceland. If you want that, uh, let's see. We got uh, this is great radio, by the way. Uh, Victor is number one in Norway. Christian, oh my gosh, this is unreal. Uh, Ventura is number two. He's 156 in the world. And then number three is a guy named Elric, not not Eldrick, not Eldrick, but Elric. Uh, Tage Johansson. He's number 368 in the world. Sure. And, Are you uh, sure? It's, I think it's. Are you sure it's not Eric? I think it's Eric. It says. Uh, yeah, that's an I. E I R I K. Yeah. I think it's pronounced Eric. Yeah, my computer. My computer is pretty far away right now. Hey, the next uh, the next guy is Axel, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, and then we got another Christopher, and uh, yeah, it's a. I don't know why we're going through the Norwegian OWGR points list there's a lot of there's, there's a lot some, of amateurs on here there's a lot of a's in general yeah yeah there are uh okay sean thanks for the time man uh we'll talk soon and uh yeah best of luck because the pga tour starts next week and now it's time for the perfect finish brought to you by m still light my perfect finish for this weekend is uh just the u.s walker cup team beating great britain and northern ireland you know i, I think there's a lot of guys on this u.s team that you're going to look back on three or four years and be like, oh, that guy was on that team. Cole Hammer, Brandon Wu, uh, who played in the U.S. Open and Open Championship this summer. Andy Ogletree just won the USAM at Pinehurst. Stuart Hagestead's on the team. I, I don't know if, you know, he's not somebody that's going to be a pro that you look back on and, and think about him on the Ryder Cup team. But Akshay Batia, there, there's so many different guys on this team. And, and, you know, only time obviously will tell what what – will be made of these guys pro careers that Sean and I talked about that. It's, it's, it's fascinating to look back and, and, and see what these teams see, who these teams were made up of three, four, five years from now. But uh, yeah, just them capping a, a cool summer for a lot of them with a win uh, over at Hoylake would be, uh, would be the perfect finish. And then on into the PGA tour next week for the rest of us. So uh, that has been the perfect finish brought to you by Amstel Light at the end of any round, you know what the perfect Finish is, excuse me, it's in a nice bottle of Amstel Light. Thanks again to Sean Martin for coming on. Always enjoy breaking down the Norwegian national team with him. Uh, always enjoy getting deep on the uh, on the Corn Ferry guys and some guys maybe you haven't heard of. He's awesome. Uh, we will be back next week to talk Greenbrier, to talk 2019-20 PJ Tour season. And until then, cheers and thank you for listening.